This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Bruch Mabam to the Koilel Igor de Perka. With the learning should be the Schus for Shalema for Yitzchak ben Devira. Shabbat for Shalema. Makaroi b'Sar Shachal Yisrael. Amen. Karabosai, as we approach Yom Tov Shavuos, and uh, we think about the day of Kabbalah Satayra. I want to address this morning a very, very basic, fundamental question, something that I discovered very recently. I was something that I was not aware of fully, or maybe at all, and something that will really enhance our appreciation for what Shavuos is, what Kabbalah Satayra is, and really something that every Jew needs to know, fundamental information. So anyone who's wearing a yarmulke needs to know this. Anyone who's Jewish needs to, needs to know this. Okay, we're going to start with a very basic question, and that is... We know that Hashem gave us a Torah. Yeah? We're, we're all good with that? Yeah. Hashem gave us a Torah. Yeah. What day did Hashem give us a Torah? He gave us a Torah on Shavuos, on Vav Sivan. Vav Sivan. Exactly. Which, is, which was what day of the Aymer? 50th. 50th, right? No, wrong. Right? I like to trick you. Wrong. Which day? The 51st day of the Aymer. Right? The Gemara says in Yavamis, Moshe Hosef, Yoimechad Midaita. Moshe added a day. So the Torah was given on day 51. That was the first time the Torah was given. But then what happened? Yom Kippur. Moshe Rabbeinu comes down with the Luchais, and he breaks the Luchais, right? So now we don't have the Torah anymore. So now Moshe Rabbeinu has to go up a second time. So he goes up first for 40 days. He comes down when on Yedzayin Tamos. He sees Klai Yisrael sinned with the Egal, and he took the Luchais, he broke it, and Rabbanu Shalom gave him a big Yasher Koyach. Hashem said, Asher Shibarta, Yasher Koychach Asher Shibarta, so Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, we need another one. Moshe says, no, no, no way. You have one chance. So Moshe Rabbeinu comes up the mountain a second time for 40 days. And he says, you know, can we have another set of luchas? Moshe says, I'll think about it. Come up again. So Moshe Rabbeinu comes up, Echad Be'elul. And he stays on the mountain for a third time for 40 days. And he comes down on what day of the year? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Hashem says the magic words, And Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Harsinai with a second set of luchais. And that's the Torah that we have today. So we got the Torah twice. The first time on the 51st day of the Aymer. And the second time on the 10th day of Tishrei. By the way, we have over here, we're going to go backwards a little today, on number 22 on the sheets, we have in the Shal Setshuvah's Binyan Shloimai, of Shloimai Akoyin Mivilna, the author of the Cheshek Shloimai. If you look in the back of the Gemara, you have Hagois on, on many Mesechtas from the Cheshek Shloimai. And he brings down a Chidosh from his brother, Rabbi Tzalel Hakoyin Mivilna. You look in the second paragraph. So we have two days of Kabbal Satayra, the 51st day of the Yomer, and the 10th day of Tishrei. That's Merumah's in the first word of the Yasser Sadebrois. What's the first word of the Yasser Sadebrois? Anoichi. Aleph Nun is what? 51. That's the 51st day of the Yomer. Yud Chaf, or Chaf Yud, is Yom Kippur. So Anoichi stands for the two days the Torah was given. Day number one is Aleph Nun, the 51st day of the Yomer. And day number two is Chaf Yud, Yom Kippur. Okay. So the problem is, Rabbi Isai, if we were making the calendar, if we were the calendar clerk, yeah, and they, they, we're, we were in charge of making the Jewish calendar, what day would we make on the calendar to celebrate Kabbalah Satayra? Yom Kippur. I would make Yom Kippur. Because the first day didn't work out, right? The first marriage was off. We had to get married again. So why celebrate a marriage that 
Chasasham, the Gemara says, was broken, that we were divorced from. Yeah, but this one lifts Celebrate, the it led to it. Why remember, why commemorate Shavuos instead we should commemorate Yom Kippur? Right, if I ask you, the Torah that we have today, when we take the Torah out, so the Aaron, which Torah is it? It's the Torah of Yom Kippur, it's not the Torah of Shavuos. The first Aseris Hadivros, the first Luchas, were smattered, were shattered to smithereens. Right? There's nothing left of it, they're gone. No, they, yeah, we took the Shivrei Luchas, we put them in the, in the Aaron, but that's not the Torah that we have today. For all intents and purposes, the Torah we have today, we got on Yom Kippur. So why celebrate Shavuos? We should celebrate Yom Kippur. And, furthermore, furthermore, if you look at number 22, yeah, but the kingdom was broken. It's like you, you bought the house, right? You buy a house, and then the deal didn't go through. So you had to go again, and, and go through all the procedures again, and the second deal went through. So now when you're celebrating the anniversary of when you bought the house, you're going to celebrate from the time that you made the bad deal the first time? So no? why do you, you keep the shivu? You know, kiviachal, you know? You have a... You have two people. They meet each other. They go out and they say, you know what? We're not for each other. And then three years later they get married. When's their anniversary? <laughs> right? The anniversary is the time from the, the first time they met. Uh, nobody does that. So, so the question is, why do we celebrate Shavuos? We should celebrate Yom Kippur. Now think about the following. We accepted it. Yeah, but then God didn't accept us. Right? It didn't work out. The so deal was off. One second, one second, one Right? Okay. Good question. We're going to deal with that. Another thing to think about is the following. And that is, think about the difference in how we commemorate Shavuos and Yom Kippur. Shavuos, the Gemara tells us, Everyone agrees. That maybe on other Yamim Taivim, you don't have to eat or drink. You could celebrate Yom Tif by learning the whole day, by davening the whole day, right? Either Kuloi Lashem, right? You could do Kuloi Lashem any other Yom Tif. When it comes to the Yom Tif of Shavuos, Kuloi Alma Mati, Debaina Nami Lachem. Everyone agrees you gotta celebrate physically. So what does that show? That Kabbalah Satar is something you have to celebrate with your guf. What about Yom Kippur? What's Yom Kippur? The Mishnah says in Tainus, Yom Kippur is called Yom Chasunah. It's a chasana. It's the day we got the second Luchais. How do we celebrate the Kabbalah Satara of Luchais Shniyais? You can't eat. You can't drink. All physical pleasures are Asur. So it's very strange that the first Luchais you have to celebrate, everyone agrees you have to eat, you have to drink, you have to enjoy physically, and the second Luchais, everyone agrees you can't eat. I mean, is Tyra something you celebrate physically or not celebrate physically? If you celebrate it physically, Yom Kippur should be Kesudas Achashverosh And if you're not supposed to celebrate Tyra physically, then Shavuot should be like uh, Shavas of Atamas. So we have this dichotomy that on the one hand you celebrate the first giving of the Tyra physically, and the second giving of the Tyra you celebrate it spiritually. Now, Rabbi Say. Why do you think that you only come on this recently? Why? Yes, you said only recently. Rebunisham decided that I should know this only now. <laughs> okay, so um, says the Ramban in, in Parshas Bahar. The Ramban says, very interesting. <laughs> we need you here, right? You appreciate my jokes. I need you over here. You're not going. You know, we're gonna, we're holding on to you. Okay. So the Ramban says in Parshas Bahar that. The Ramban comments on the difference between Luchas Rishonis and Luchas Shniyas. 
Does anybody know what kind of deal was made by Luchas Rishonos? So Hashem told Moshe, gather the people, shecht karbanos, take the blood, sprinkle it on the people. Right? So they had to bring karbanos, they had to sprinkle the blood on the people. By Luchas Shniyos, there were no karbanos, there were no sprinkling of the blood. Okay? Just should know that. If you look at the end of Mishpatim, it talks about how they shechted karbanos, they sprinkled the blood on the people. Nothing of the sort happened by Luchas Shniyos. Says Ramban, look at number one, Parshas Bahar, on the second line, Bir Ha'inyan, Ki betchilas arboim yoim harishonim shaluchas harishonos, in the beginning of the first 40 days of luchas harishonos, Kasav Moshe b'sefer habris, Moshe wrote down, as called divrei Hashem, ve'es kol ha-mishpatim ha-ne'amarim sham. Moshe wrote the Torah, va'yizrek dam habris ala'am, he sprinkled the blood on the people, uchshechatu b'yegel, when the Jews sinned by the egel, the nishtabru haluchas and luchas are broken. Ki'ilu nisbatla habris hahi eitzel hakadosh baruch hu. It's as if all bets were off. It's as if the bris was broken. Uchshen esrat hakadosh baruch hu lemoisha beluchas niyos. When Hashem reagreed to Moshe with the second luchas, sivahu bebris chadasha, he made another bris. Shenemar hinei anoichi kares bris. Right, the hechser sham. Hamitzvos, hachamurais, shenemru, b'seder, ve'ela hamishpatim, b'brishvishana. And Hashem repeated the strict mitzvos that He taught the first time. So now, get a load of this. The Ramban is saying that the first time they made a bris, they shechted karbanos, they sprinkled the blood on the people. Then, when they sinned with the eagle, it was as if all bets were off. It was like the deal was over. And when Hashem agreed to give the luchos a second time, Hashem reiterated to Moshe Rabbeinu. The chamurais, the strict mitzvahs. So now the question is, and this question we spoke at already, but it's raised specifically by the Sefer Samdarach. So the Sefer Samdarach is the Shmuzin of Reb Simcha Zisel Breida, Rashiva of Chevron. Rashiva of Chevron. And he wants to know if, in fact, the deal was off after the Luchos Rishonais, why celebrate Shavuos? In fact, we should celebrate Yom Kippur. Okay. Now take a look, the Ramban continues. I broke up the Ramban for you into uh, bite-sized pieces to make it a little easier. Take a look at number three. Now let's talk about the second bris. The HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lehachmir Alehem Bebris Hazois Hashenis. Rebbe said, you want to take two? Take two is going to be more chamor. And in what way are the second luchas going to be more chamor? And this is something that I just understood very recently. Shatia alehem ba'alais uveklalais, that the second bris will be upheld with the curses, with the taichacha. You know, you could go your whole life, you not never even realize this. Last, this past week, we read parashas, the chukaisa. The is the taichacha. What is the purpose of the taichacha? You ever realize that when Hashem gave the Torah to Kalaisam parashas yesterday, there was no taichacha? The taichacha did not come until after Kisisa, the second Luchais. Says Ramban, Yesh Mukdam Batayra, the Torah is written in chronological order. The Taichacha is specifically designed for Luchais Shniyais. The Yvon Shalom said, look, I gave you the first Luchais, and I said, here, you'll be mine, here's the Taira, be a good boy, keep it. So Klai Yisrael kept the Taira. But they didn't. So Yvon Shalom said, ah, Giving you something and just leaving it up to your discretion doesn't really work. Now I say, here's a Torah, 
And if you don't keep the Torah, you're going to have this klala, and that klala, and this oinesh, and that oinesh. The second luchais davka were upheld with the taichacha. Because, you know, the teacher comes into the room. He says, you know, I expect everyone to behave. And, you know, if everyone behaves, you're going to have recess as scheduled. Fine. The class doesn't behave. So the teacher says, whoever misbehaves, you know, they're going to get thrown out of the class. Right? We mean business. So Rabbi Shalom tried the first time without the Tachacha, says the Ramban. It didn't work. I never realized this. Parshas Bechukaisai is Dafka after Parshas Kisisa. Had it not been for the Egel, there never would have been a Bechukaisai. There's no need for a Tachacha if everybody's doing what they need to do. You don't have to threaten. You don't have to impose strict punishment. The Tachacha is because take one didn't work. The Ramban continues. That is why the al- he says, The Ramban goes on to say, that's why at the end of the Teichacha, Hashem says, all of these punishments are for the original deal. And which mitzvah specifically did the Rebunisham reiterate and explain in greater depth the second time around? In other words, if you look in the beginning of Parshas Bahar, Parshas Bahar is the first parsha that talks about mitzvahs, really, after the giving of the second luchas. Which mitzvah is Rabbi Shalom explaining more at length in Parshas Bahar? Shemitah. Now, had Hashem, had Hashem taught Shemitah by luchas Rishainos? No. Ver- almost no. Very, very briefly. All you have is what? The Hashviz, Tishmetana, Unitasha. Just a general thing. Rabbi Sai, on the seventh year, you're off the hook, you don't have to work. But Hashem did not go into the details. Says Ramban, the second time around, Hashem is telling Moshe, I want you to explain very clearly the details of the mitzvahs so that Kal Yisrael know we're dealing with something very serious. And Hashem reiterates and goes into greater details, specifically with Shemitah, and He gives the Oynesh for Shemitah, that if you don't keep Shemitah, you're out of the land. Eretz Yisrael is contingent on Kali Yisrael keeping Shemitah. By the way, of all the Chayve Lavin in the Torah, of all the Lavin that are not Chayve Misa, that are not Chayve Kares, that are just a Lav, Shemitah is the most Chamor. It's the only Lav in the Torah that by not keeping it, you Chayve Galas. So we have to explain. So in other words, what's happening is, the second time around, Rebani Shalom is saying, you want the Torah again? You want take two? First of all, you have to accept it with a teichacha. You have to accept it with klolis. You have to accept it with a shvua. And now I'm giving you details of mitzvahs, and specifically which mitzvah? Shemitah. And I'm giving you the most chamor mitzvah, and the most chamor einish, to uphold the second luchais. So, Rabbi Yisai, let's think very clearly. I'm sorry, you suggested the Torah changed? No, the Torah was not changed. However, the details of the mitzvahs had not yet been Promulgate. they were not on the forefront as they were by Luchashniyas. No, it was not there before. And if you think that this is a very interesting idea, that even though we say the Torah is an absolute truth, if you look in the Svarno, the Svarno throughout Chumash explains how many, many mitzvahs were given only only in reaction to certain chatam that the Kalisol did. For example, kosher food is only because of the Chet Egel. Had Kalisol not sinned with the Egel? Go to McDonald's. Sparno writes openly. You could go seafood. Right? Sparno writes, it was only because of the Chedo Egel that Hashem gave us Pasha Shmini. The, then the, the Sparno learns, it was only because of Pasha Shlach, the Meraglim, that the mitzvah of Chala was given. 
So even though it's a very hard concept to understand, because we always think that the mitzvahs are absolute truths, they're not contingent upon historical events or not. But you see from the Rishonim, that's not necessarily the case. Pesach Sheni, exactly. Pesach Sheni. Wasn't that God to make us a holy people? See, Pesach Sheni, you could say, well, the Rebun Shalom knew that people would become Tameh and ask for it, and therefore he gave it. But with these other things, it's a little bit of an added step, because you have to say, Rebun Shalom knew that we would do a chait. So that gets into Bechir and Yediyah more. Okay? But... So you could say that, you could say the Banisham didn't force anyone to sin, but he knew we, he, we would sin, and therefore he, would, he knew he was going to give us the mitzvah of kosher food. Okay. So Rabbi Sai, let's think a little bit. Why was it, by Luchas Rishainais, the details of the mitzvahs were not given, and by Luchas Shniais, the details of the mitzvahs were given? Take a look at number five, a little bit more. A little bit more in the Ramban. Says Ramban, why by Lucha Shniyais were there no Karbanais and there was no sprinkling of the blood? Says Ramban, It was not necessarily, it's necessary the second time around to bring Karbanais. The Yisroi Chatsi Hadam Alaam and to sprinkle part of the blood on the people. The Chatsi Hadam Alaam Mazdech and the half of the blood on the Mazdech. Kasher Asa Berishayna. Instead of having the blood sprinkled on them, what did Rebbe Shalom do? He said, forget the blood, accept the Teichacha. Kiblu aval kiblu alem habris harishayna ba'alais uveklalis ela. They accepted upon them the first covenant with this curse, and this is the meaning of the pasuk that Hashem gave a bris between him and Klal Yisrael on Har Sinai. Okay. Alos were was like a shvua. They took a shvua that they're going to keep it, and the klala was they accepted upon themselves punishment. No, no. They accepted the first covenant. Okay, it's good diak, very good diak. Don't don't ignore that diak. They accepted the first deal with added incentive. Okay, but you're saying very good. See, I try to read it quickly and and fool you, but Shlomo chapped it. Okay, hold on to that. Hold on to that. Okay. So now the question we want to know is, why by the first Luchais do they accept it with sprinkling the blood and Karbanais? And the second deal they accepted with the Teichacha, with the Alois and the Shois, and the Kalois. Okay. They did. They did. Parshas B'chukaisai. I mean, maybe it was against their, was it against their will? Did they take a vote? Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Were they even there? Were they... Question is, were they even at Har Sinai when Hashem gave us the second Luchas? Were there any Jews there? We know by Luchas we shine us. It was like, you know, thunder and lightning show. Everyone was gathered. Three million Jews were watching. Parcha Nishmasam. Their souls left them. They roy in Es It was an amazing show. And everybody said, what? Nasev and Nishma. And the Malach shows came. They put crowns on her head. And by Luchas Shniyos, it seems like no one showed up. Was anyone even there? Were there any Jews at Har Sinai by Luchas And the answer is, no. There was no one there. What happened? Where were they? Where'd they go? You hear this? The Torah that we have today, we didn't even show up. You know, you would think they, they would learn their lesson the first time. The first time, the first time what happened, they were late. That's why we have to stay up Shuvah's night, right? That's where the minute comes from. So the text, second time they said, oh, you don't want us to be late? We're not coming, right? They didn't show. It was a no-show. 
So the question is, why was it a no-show? Listen to this, says Ramban. Nobody was allowed to be there. They weren't invited. Why didn't you come to the chasana? Nobody told me about it. I wasn't invited. Says Ramban, take a look at number seven. Ve'ish lo imach. Now listen, this is Ben Parshas Kisisa, right? Ve'ish lo yale imach. Ve'gam ish al yeira v'chol ha'har. No, gamat and Nabakar al Yeru El Shkayach El Molaharahu. Yeah? The Ish Loyala Ima. Maisha, no one could go up with you. Really? The first time around, did anyone go up with Maisha? You bet. The Torah says the Canaan went up part of the mountain, a little bit. Aaron went up a little more. Yosh, right? There was a hierarchy. There were people who went up the mountain with Maisha. They didn't go Mamish to the top, but Maisha was on the top. There's a Canaan more on the on a little bit part way up, that we were the people, by Yisyatsu, the Sachdesar, they were at the bottom of the mountain. Wait a minute, they went only 10 Fachim, no? I don't know. They were, they were somewhere, they were on the mountain. This time, the Ish, Loi, Yale, Imach! No one could go up with you, says Ramban. Shalayalu Imcha, Klal, Zikne Yisrael, Kasher, Asabluchas, Rishonis. None of the Zikanim could go up. What about Klal Yisrael? Begam ish al yeira b'cholahar. Gam b'tzah. Now, right? They can't even go up on the whole mountain. Gam b'tachtesahar. Even on the bottom of the mountain. Makoi ma'amad yisrael b'rishayna. The place where Klal Yisrael went up the first time. So you hear this? There's a Canaan. They can't go up. The rest of Klal Yisrael can't go to the foot of the mountain. What about the animals? Were the animals invited the first time around? No. So the first time around, we were a little liberal. The animals couldn't go up on the mountain, but they were allowed to graze around the mountain. Oh. As long as they're not touching the mountain, you could bring the, the cows, the sheep, so they could come, you know, if you want, during Kabbalah's attack, you want to keep an eye on the sheep, they're, they're not too far behind. But this time, Gam, Hatsoin, Bahabakar, Al Yeru, not Al Har, El Molarahu, they can't even graze in the, per, the parameters. They can't even graze opposite the mountain. Well, so now, I, I, I did not realize these Zayukim in the Pasuk. You hear this? Luchas Rishonis, Moshe went up, Zekanim went up, Aaron went up, Klal Yisrael was on the foot of the mountain. Even the animals could come. Even the animals were invited. The second time, nobody. Nobody. Not Aaron, not Zekanim, not Klal Yisrael, not the animals. The animals had to be further away. You know why? Now if I were to ask you, which was a more elevated spiritual experience? The first giving of the Torah or the second? Which was holier? The answer is... First. <laughs> second. Second. Why? 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 Says the Ramban, because the first luchas were for Klal Yisrael. The second one were only because of Moshe, Moshe's tefillah. So who's greater? Klal Yisrael collectively or Moshe as an individual? Says Ramban, Moshe Rabbeinu was greater even than, because Moshe Rabbeinu was greater even than the collective parts of Klal Yisrael. So the first time around, Moshe says, you want the Torah? I'm coming, but I have to, I can't give you everything. I can't show everything. I can't have the high, such a, a high level experience. So you, you're all invited. Everyone could come. Moshe, you go up to the top. Zakeen and me go a little, you know, a little bit less. Klal Yisrael, you go to the bottom of the mountain. The animals can hang around. But says Ramban, the second time, it was only for Moshe Rabbeinu. We don't find, do you find anywhere in the Chumash where Hashem says He wants to destroy Klal Yisrael? And 
end. And then Moshe comes down and he tells Klai Yisrael, so Klai Yisrael, oh, Hashem wants to destroy us. They put up Kol Koyres in all the shuls. Right? Right here, you hear ye? Klai Yisrael should know. Then a few days, Hashem is going to destroy us. Everyone, Lech Kenois is Kala Yehudim. And everyone's going to fast. And everyone's going to do tshuva. No. In fact, Klai Yisrael didn't even know they were going to be destroyed. Everything remained between Moshe and Hashem. Who davened? Not Klai Yisrael. Only Moshe. So the second Luchais were gained, were achieved only by Moshe Rabbeinu. Luchais Shniyais were only to Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore it was a much higher experience. Look what he writes. Look what he says. Look at number seven. These are amazing words. The first time no one could touch it in Behema Amish. They still were warned by the first original warning. Right? So the Ramadan says a few words later. But now the Rebun Shalom was much more machmir about Kabbalah Satur than the first time. Why? The first time around it was for the entirety of the Jewish people. V'zele Moshe Bilvad. Luchashnias were only for Moshe, Bizchusai, in his merit, Uvit Filasai. And now the Ramban paraphrases a Pasuk in, I think, Chagai. Begadol Hia Hakavoid Hanigla Alahar Haachon Minharishon. There was more glory of God second time around than the first time. The first time was for everyone. Everyone, not everyone was on such a high level. So Hashem limited his revelation. The second time. Second time even more. Yeah. Second time even more. So comes of Simcha Zisal Braida, Rashiva Chevron, and he asks a very interesting question. The first time Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Har Sinai, what does he look like? He looks like Moshe Rabbeinu. Nothing out of the ordinary. He looks the way he always looked. Nothing changed about the appearance of Moshe Rabbeinu. No, the light was coming out of him. But the second, second time around in Pashas Kisusa, it says, Kikaran or Panov, he had emanations of light that shone out of his head. So asked of Simcha why is it the first time Moshe Rabbeinu's appearance didn't change, and the second time all of a sudden his face glowed? Says of Simcha you have to know the Ramban, because the experience of Lucha Shnias was a much higher, more elevated spiritual experience. It was much more intimate with the Rebbe Nishlam. No one was allowed to be there, not Aaron, not the Zakim, not Kaliso, not the animals. So therefore it elevated Moshe Rabbeinu even greater than did Lucha Shnias. Unbelievable. Yeah, we don't realize that the psukim that talk about the shine of Moshe's face was only in Pashas Kisisa. Mm-hmm. Only by Luchashniyos. Okay. So Rabbi Isai, now we have to understand when Moshe Rabbeinu came down with Luchashniyos. Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what did Klai Yisrael say? Did they say, right? Did they say, <laughs> did they say, um, Nasev <laughs> Nishma? We don't no. find any reaction. No. What did they, did they say? Thank you. No. Did they say, you know, that Hashem went to all the Umay Sa'ilam mm. and He offered them the Torah. So, you know, the, the the Western world. They said, what is it? You can't kill. Forget it. You know, the other nations they can't commit adultery. So um, He went to Klal Yisrael. Said, How much does it cost? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's free. So He said, we'll take two. Yeah. yeah. We got you. Nah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So the Ramban says like this. Look at number 10. The Ramban in Parashas Kisisa 
says, What did Klai Yisrael say about Luchash Nias? Kesoi Vlachas Hadvar Ma'ila. Says Ramban, Siva, the second time around Hashem commanded, Sheyichtoiv Sefer Bris, that he should write the Torah again, Viyikro Oisab Ozneam, and Hashem tells Moshe, Vikabluhu Alehem Benasa Venishma, Kasher Asa Varishana. And Hashem says, I want them to say Nasa Venishma like the first time. Says Ramban, Ki kol hamaisa shahayu b'luchas rishonais. Whatever happened the first time, Yeretzel l'shnoisa imam b'luchas hashniyos. Hashem wanted to repeat it the second time. I did the Jews say nasa v'nishma? Says Ramban, ve'ein safek sh'asakein. There's no doubt that they did so. So why doesn't the Torah tell us? Because the Torah saving space. The Torah only has 600,000 oisiyos. So how many times does it have to say Nasa Nisha? The Torah understands. If they said it the first time, we could safely presume they did it the second time, even though the Torah doesn't say it. This is an example of the rule. But they weren't there. Divrei Torah. They weren't there. Well, Moshe gave it to them. They also accepted it willingly. This is an example of Divrei Torah. Right? You have to extrapolate. If they said it the first time, says Ramban, we could safely presume they said it the second time. Okay. Now let's take a look for a moment at the Gemara and Shabbos. The Gemara and Shabbos says what on the page, Pasuk, on number page 2, number 11, by Yisiyatsu B'tach Sahar, they stood on the bottom of the mountain, Amar of Avdimi, Bachama, Bachasa, Melamed, Shekafa, Kosh, Sahar, Kegigas, Hashem suspended the mountain overheads like a barrel of Amar Lohem, if you accept the Torah, good. So the Gemara says, well, wait a second. If the Yvansham forced us to accept the Torah, so it wasn't a, a real deal, right? It's like a gunshot deal. Hashem Kaviachal forced us into it. From here we have a big escape hatch. Escape hatch. In other words, the Yavashim can't really punish us for violating the Torah. Because we never said yes. It was a gunshot deal. Hashem says, you want the Torah? Yeah, otherwise I'm going to drop the mountain on your head. So anytime Klaisel doesn't accept the Torah, doesn't keep the Torah, we always have an escape hatch. Then the Gemara says no, but ultimately we accepted the Torah willingly in the times of Achashverosh, like the Pastor says, Kimu v'kiblo hayudim. Frek Toysvis, what do you mean, Mikan moida rabba lo'iraisa? What do you mean the Jews have an escape hatch? What do you mean they could always say, you forced us into it? But 40 years later, when they're at the precipice of entering Eretz Yisrael, they took upon themselves the toichicha in Parshas Kisavai, in Parshas Nitzavim, and they accepted the Torah, Allah So even though Harsinai was a gunshot deal, even though Hashem forced the Torah on us 40 years earlier, but 40 years later we accepted it willingly at the feet of the Ardain. So how could the Gemara say that we're not really compelled to accept the Torah, that if we violate the Torah, Hashem has a, we have an excuse, we accepted it willingly 40 years later. Answers Taisvis. We didn't do this part last time. Answers Taisvis. Lamaisa Hashem told us we have to accept the Taichacha the second time around. So since Hashem told us, that's considered Balkarchach. Right? Look at Taisus number 12. The end. Three lines in the end. Amar Abinu Tam. The Alpiha Dibur Haya. The Klalais of Hargrizim and Hareval were because of the word of Hashem. The Hare Kebal Karcham. And it's as if that's also a gunshot deal. That's not, we didn't willingly accept Karshas Kisavanitzavim. Hashem told us to. That's not called 
You know, it's like somebody say somebody comes to you. Um, listen, listen. You're gonna do it, right? You're gonna do it, right? So even if they don't have a gun to your head, you're gonna give it to them. You're gonna. Well, but they're not forcing you. That's forcing. That's for You don't have to have the mountain suspended over their heads to be considered balkachach. So forty years later is also against the law. Ask Reb Simchazisol, what happened to Tosis? Did Tosis forget about the first Taichacha? Why doesn't Tosis ask? What do you mean? Har Sinai was a gunshot deal, but Luchashniyos we accepted without the mountain suspended over our head. Why is Tosis only asking from the Taichacha forty years later by Har Grizim and Har Evo as they're about to enter Eretz Yisrael? Tosis should ask a better question. Very nice, the mountain was suspended over the heads, but by Luchashniyos there was no mountain suspended over their heads. So I've always said, fasten your seatbelts. In the Ramban, in the next six lines, he's going to change forever your understanding of the Luchas. Unbelievable words of the Ramban. An amazing thing. Let's say you have two countries, yeah? They make a peace treaty. Two countries make a peace treaty. Uh, Germany and Russia. Let's say one country violates the treaty. So can that, is that country now allowed to continue to violate the treaty? I mean, do we say once one country violates the treaty, they could continue because the treaty is off? No. The treaty is still on. If, but if one country violates the treaty, it's the other country that's now allowed to violate it. How does a treaty work? How does a bris work? You have two parties. They both have to agree to, to the deal. If party A breaks the deal and doesn't follow the deal... They're still bound by the treaty. It's the other party that's now free to release themselves from the treaty. Because why? If party A violates the treaty, party B says, all bets are off. But party A, for party A, the deal is still on. So listen to what the Ramban says. I'll tell you outside, then we'll read inside. Ban Shalom and Klai so made a deal. Hashem said to Klai so, here, take the Torah. You keep the Torah, I guard you, I watch over you. We didn't keep our end of the deal. Why? We, we sinned with the Ega. So now, could Klai Yisrael continue to sin? No. We're still bound by the deal. We have a deal with the Rebbeinu Shalom that if we keep the Torah, He'll protect us. And if we don't, He won't. It's the Rebbeinu Shalom who could break the deal. God could break the deal. We violated it, so He could back out. We cannot back out. We're still bound by the deal. That's how, right? If you know the legalities of treaties... You know the legalities of a bris. If party A back, if party A violates it, party B could back out, not party A. So Klai Yisrael sinned with the Egel. We're still bound by Luchas Rishonos. It's the Rebbeinu Shalalim who could say all bets are off. Luchas Niyos. Klai Yisrael doesn't have to be there. We didn't show up. We didn't say Nasev and Ishma. And the Rebbeinu never asked our opinion. It doesn't matter what our opinion is. We already accepted Luchas Rishonas. We have to keep the first Torah that was given on Vav Sivan. It's God who backed out of it after Luchas Rishonas. Yeah. How does breaking up? If you break, if, if one party breaks the treaty, the other party could back out. The other party could say, I'm not bound by it anymore. Because... You're back. You you violated it, and and you could be uh, you're you're liable to repercussions. But you're still bound by it. You can't continue to break it. 
You have a treaty, you have a deal, you have a bris. It's the other party who's no longer bound by it. So the Rebbe Shalom says like this, says Ramban, after Klai so sin by the ego, does Klai so have to keep the Torah 1,000%? Just because they violated it once, they have to make sure they continue to keep it from, from here on. It's Rebbe Shalom who could back out. And the Rebbe Shalom said, You're, I'm out, I'm out of the deal, all bets are off. You guys keep the Torah, and I don't have to guard you. I don't have to protect you. You broke it. I'm out of the deal. When Hashem decided maybe to join, to rejoin and recommit himself to the deal, you know what he tells Moshe? Moshe, you're my mediator. You're my middleman. I will only commit myself to that original deal provided that the Jews now agree to uphold the deal with the Tzachah, with the Allah and Kalas. In other words, there's no second giving of the Torah. The Torah was given once. From the vantage point of the Jewish people, the Torah was given one, one time. Luchas Rishanes. We only got one Torah. We only have one deal with the Rebbe Hashem. That's Luchas Rishanes. Luchas was only for God. And that's why He was the only one who showed up. We didn't have to come. We're bound by the original deal. Look at number 14. Look at these words in Ramban. Ramban says like this. The Hanochoin Be'enai. He says the correct interpretation. Because the Jews are the sinners, they were the ones who violated the treaty. Hashem had to make a new deal. Look at these words. So that the rebinder Shalom doesn't break the deal. Lucha, Shneas were only for God, they weren't for us. So therefore Hashem says, Moshe, what's your role? Your role is you're the Shashvinon, you're the uh, Unterfuhrer, you're the mediator, you're the middleman. Says the Ramban, Hashem tells Moshe, you write the deal, you write the stipulations. Vezetam, kihalpi hadvarim ha'ele karati itcha bris. Yes, Yisrael. My deal with Kla Yisrael now is only because of you, not because of them. They're bound, they're tied, they're attached from the first time. They're married to me and I'm not married to them. You hear such a thing? How is that possible? That's the definition of a treaty. That when one party backs out of a deal, it's the, that party is still bound, it's the other party that can back out. Now, Rabbi said, take a look back at the first Ramban. We glanced over it without appreciating what the Ramban was saying. Look on the fourth line. On the fourth line in the first Ramban. When they sinned by the Egel, and the Luchas were broken. Look at the next two words, they're the whole Shir. When we sinned by the Egel, it was as if the bris was broken, not for us. We still have to keep Shabbos, we still have to keep Mila, we still have to keep Pesach. It's Rebbein Hashem who has no responsibilities to us. We broke it, he's relinquished. The Lucha Shniyas were only for God. So now the Ramban explains, what was Klai Yisrael's reaction to Lucha Shniyas? So his first shot was, ah, they probably said Nasev and Ishma also. Now the Ramban saying, you know what the reaction was? Who cares? Doesn't matter what the reaction is. It's not none of their business. This is not a deal with them. It's only 
God committing Himself to them. There's nothing they have to do. They're already committed. Says Ramban, now I understand. By the first deal, they shechted carbonized and they sprinkled the blood on the people. Why? Because that was the only deal the Klai Yisrael ever made. The, in, term, in other words, we have to look at it from two vantage points. There's a vantage point of God, there's a vantage point of the people. From the vantage point of the people, the deal was sealed after the first time, after they sprinkled the blood, after they brought the carbonized. Anything they needed to do was already sealed after time. But the thing is, since they violated the deal, Rebunisham could relinquish himself. So Hashem says, you know what? I want to commit myself. Moshe Rabbeinu, you're my mediator. You come up to Har Sinai. Oh, but I don't want the Jews to be there. There's no Zakanim, there's no Aaron. Once it's only you, it's a much more elevated experience. That's why you're going to be more elevated than you were the first time. That's why after the second time, you're going to be shining with Karnehoid. That's why the Canaan can't come, and Aaron can't come, and Klal Yisrael can't come. It's just between me and you, because in terms of Klal Yisrael, they're already, they're overdone with. Yeah. For them, Shavuos is everything. For me, I need a Yom Kippur. I need a Yom Kippur. Not Klal Yisrael. There was no reaction at all. When, I, when, when Moshe Rabbeinu came down with Luchosh Nias to Klal Yisrael, so Klal Yisrael said, what are these? Moshe Rabbeinu said, none of your business. I'll tell you, they happen to be Luchashniyos. Luchashniyos, what happened? No, don't worry, you don't need to know about it. You have the Luchashniyos, they happen to be broken, but that's only for, from the Rebbe Shalom's point of view. From your point of view, Luchashniyos is not really that critical. It's Hashem's commitment to you, to you, not your acceptance. That's why the second time around, there's no Karbonos, there's no sprinkling of the blood. So Rabbi say. That explains why the second time around, first of all, there was a toichacha. The toichacha is only from Hashem's point of view. That Hashem is saying, I only commit to you if you hide in the repercussions. If you accept these hide in repercussions. And Hashem adds the details of the mitzvahs. Because if you want me to be committed to you, I'm putting out on the forefront, these mitzvahs have pratim. Okay. So let me just share with you one final suggestion. And that is... First of all, now we understand perfectly why we celebrate Shavuos and not, and not Yom Kippur. What do you mean? The Luchas were broken. No. From our vantage point, we only have one day of Kabbalah Satayra. And that is Shavuos. That was the day we committed ourselves to keep the time. Ah, Yom Kippur? It's not our business. Yom Kippur is not, is not the down here's business. Yom Kippur is up there's business. That was Rebosham committing himself to us. So we could just add, very beautifully, now we understand why Shavuos hakol moidim tibayinah nami lachem. Shavuos, everybody agrees that you have to celebrate physically. And Yom Kippur, everybody agrees you can't eat anything. Why? Because Shavuos is from the vantage point of Kal Yisrael. We are physical beings. We live here on this world. We don't live in Shamayim. We're human beings. We're Basav Adam. How do we show our happiness and Simcha? By eating and drinking. That, that's the only way we know how to do it. What are we going to do? We're going to fast? Most people do not, don't get a big thrill out of fasting. So therefore, Shavuos, HaKalmoidim, Debaina Nami Lachem. Yom Kippur, you say, oh, if you have to celebrate physically, so why don't we celebrate Yom Kippur physically? The answer is Yom Kippur is Rebani Shalom's business. Yom Kippur is a day from the vantage point of Rebani Shalom. From the vantage point of Rebani Shalom, the way we commemorate that is 
in a more heavenly type of way. From his vantage point, from his point of view, the way it's celebrated is being uh, separating from physical pleasures, not eating, not drinking, and so forth. So this gives us a, a completely different appreciation. Why does Tysus not ask? You know, Tysus should have asked, what do you mean we were forced to accept the Torah, but we accepted the Tychicha by Luchas Shniyos? Nah. That wasn't our acceptance. That wasn't from our vantage point. That wasn't from our point of view. That had nothing to do with us. That's the only... Now, now listen carefully. When we got to the Yardin, and by Hargrizim and Hareval, that was a, a boat. That was from both vantage points. There, we renewed the original covenant from both Stadim, from our side and from the Banisham side. So therefore, Tysus asks, well, 40 years later, Klal Yisrael accepted the Torah, but not the first time around. The first time around, it wasn't asked to us, it wasn't posed to us. Hashem didn't ask what our opinion was. So why doesn't it say Nasa Vanishma the second time? There was no Nasa Vanishma. Banisham didn't ask what we thought. So again, according to Ramban, let's just get clear, the Ramban learns the Torah was given the first time around. When we sin by the Egel, let's just look at one more thing. The Ramban doesn't say the deal was off. Look carefully on the fourth line in number one. It's as if it was off. It wasn't off. It was as if it was off. So it was as if it was off, but only Takalish Barchu. Kal Yisrael, we're already committed, right? We already need to be committed from the first time around. Yeah? Then, Rebbein Shalom said, fine, I will commit myself through the Teichacha. Rebbein Shalom committed himself, but as far as we're concerned, the day of celebrating Kabbalah Satayra is the Yom Tif of Shavuos. Yom Kippur is Mitzad, Rebbein Shalom, from Hashem's point of view. Yom Kippur is a day of fasting. Shavuos is a day that Hakal Moedim, Dibayinan, Nami, Lachem Rabbi have a wonderful day. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.